This is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who have been through absolute caca give you advice on getting to the other side of yours. I am super excited and honored to be here today with Lisa Abramson. Lisa, thank you so much for being with me. Thanks for having me. It is so my pleasure. Lisa, I'm going to give you the mic to introduce yourself. So please let us know who you are and where you're from and what keeps you busy during the day. Sure. I'm um, from Menlo Park, California. It's a little bit south of San Francisco in the Bay Area. And I'm a mindfulness teacher. I'm an executive coach and keynote speaker. So I keep myself busy doing all that good stuff and taking care of my two young daughters. That is awesome. I love that you're a mindfulness teacher and an executive coach. Such a great combination. Thank you. Yeah. So as you know, Lisa, this is a podcast by and for women who've been through some really difficult things, stuff, caca. Yeah. So mm -hmm. would you please summarize for us what you went through and what was the worst part? Yeah. So um, about being a mindfulness teacher, I was also the mindfulness teacher who lost her mind because right after I had my first um, child, that was about uh, almost six years ago, um, a month after she was born, I experienced something called postpartum psychosis. And I was hallucinating. I couldn't think clearly. I couldn't tell what was real and not real. And, um, you know, the, the darkest of that moment was I, I thought, who am I? If, I? if I don't have my mind, there was moments of lucidity in this chaos where I said, you know, Maybe I should just go kill myself. That'll make, will this make it go away? And I asked that question to my husband and my mom. And I thought actually that was a really smart question that I was asking them. I was like, I'm finally thinking clearly, like my mind is gone. I can recognize that right now. Let me ask them. Um, Cause I didn't know that I was suffering from this uh, rare but severe postpartum illness called postpartum psychosis. Um, so, I mean, the hardest part, I mean, there are so many hardest parts, but, um, you know, I was hospitalized for 10 days in a psychiatric ward. I was um, not able to be with my daughter for the first five days I was there. And, you know, that was a, a challenge. You know, it was a challenge building my confidence back. As a coach, I, I rely on my intuition and gut feelings, and I felt like all of that had been messed with. I mean, everything that I thought I knew, you know, I really prided myself on being optimistic and, you know, a go-getter and someone who, you know, isn't like the victim and is someone who takes responsibility and figures things out. And this is something I just like could not at all figure out on my own, nor should I have. Sure. <laughs> so I think I made it worse by, um, you know, blaming myself and trying to think through what, you know, why this happened. Oh my goodness gracious. That is, so I've never heard of postpartum psychosis and it sounds like caca, so many layers of caca. Like it's just mm -hmm. hard for me to imagine something, something that, that hard. I mean, particularly when your mind is what your mind is, is not only so much so important to your health, but also to your, to your, your, your profession, your vocation, you know, something that, something yeah, yeah. that you, pride yourself on and that's so valuable in so many different ways to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I kind of, in one fell swoop, it was like, my career's over. 
I mm. feel like I have failed as a mother, you know, in the first few weeks of being a mother. Um, and I thought, you know, I can't be there for my husband. It was like all the identity blockers just like fell flat. And I was like, I don't know who I am. Cause right now, you know, a week ago I was teaching fear, you know, whatever a month ago I was teaching people about self-compassion and mindfulness. And then I'm sitting in the psych ward, like trying to fill out a self-care pamphlet. And I was like, I used to be teaching this stuff. And now I'm like in here, like what, what has happened to my life? That just sounds and, like, you know, you got to You got to laugh. I would say if I give a, a tip for you, we're going through it at some point, you will laugh that there's some parts of the experience that you go, that was truly ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it, you either cry or you laugh. I prefer to laugh. Totally. I'm so with you. I'm so with you. And I think people, when you laugh about these experiences, they can think that you're being crass, but when you're the one who's been there, like you're allowed to call yourself the mindfulness teacher who lost her mind, you know, like you have, Full <laughs> rights to call yourself that. And, totally. And like, because that was what was going on. That was the tape that was playing. <laughs> you called it. I mean, no, you called it. Like, you're using, you're using the words to describe what, what, to describe yes. what happened. Um, my next question is kind, of, is kind of two parts. For, what I'd love to know is, um, so you said that you were in the hospital for 10 days. I would love to know, just kind of as a general sense, how long did it take you to recover from that in terms of getting back to yourself and feeling like you were yourself residing in your own mind, mind again. Actually, I'm going to start with that. And then I'll ask uh, So, sure. I mean, the process is, you know, gradual. I, but I, I would say, you know, for me going back to work and getting back to teaching and feeling like I was contributing and like reawakening those parts of my old self, that was really important in my healing and I was back on stages, you know, teaching and lecturing in May after my daughter was born. So that was like five months after she was born. Okay. Um, I know that's not the path for everyone, but for me, that did make me, even though it was like a fake it till you make it kind of thing, it was an important part of the process to feel like I could still do some of these things that the old Lisa could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was over the process of, of years <laughs> and I'm still yeah. unfolding all what happened. I mean, and... And I'm glad I am because I feel like you don't have something also so perfectly, strangely synchronous. I mean, what happened being someone who teaches people about mental well-being and then being so unwell, like there's a lifetime to unpack about why that happened and what I'm supposed to learn from it. Right. You bet. And that is the thing about trauma. Um, Trauma is something that unfolds. It's not like this is leading me into my next question, which is, What is the best thing about being on the other side? But the more times I ask this question, the more times I realize that although there, there can be absolute that, that feeling of being on the other side of it, being on the other side of the worst of the crisis, I I do believe that that's an apt description. That doesn't mean that trauma gets wrapped up in a bow and then you never think about it again, or like all of the processing has happened. So I want you to, I want to let you know that I'm aware of that, but I still want to ask the question, Given where you are now, Lisa, what's the best thing about being on the other side of that totally traumatic, awful, crappy situation? Yeah, I mean, and I would say if you're in the middle of your crisis right now, like this might not resonate. And I would have told it like shoved this back in someone's face if they told me while I was in the middle of the crisis. But the truth is, I mean, you do develop this bit of inner resilience, this unstoppableness that you're like, I've been through the worst, like watch me. 
And granted, it's not every day that I wake up and I'm like, watch me. But on the days where I do, it's pretty freaking good. And, you know, it's not always there. There's moments where I still will be kind of drawn back, swept away into like losing my confidence or kind of questioning myself. We all do that. But then there's part of me that really goes, um, you know, I pushed myself to the limit. I saw, I saw what happened. I mean, what a gift to see how your friends and family support you. I get cheered up even just thinking about it. Like, people come out for you. Like, wow. You don't want to have a crisis to have that happen. But, like, how beautiful to see how people love and support you and they're there for you. Like, that, um, I mean, truly beautiful. So, you, you know, you remember that in those good moments. You remember that and you remember, like, it's probably never going to be that bad again. Thank God. God. I love that. It is truly beautiful how people emerge and how people connect with you when, when you have no choice, but to be, to, but to be vulnerable and folks know what's yeah. going on with you and how that leads to connection and just depth of relationship. And I also love the watch me part because there's <laughs> nothing like that emotion of like, all right, well, look what I got through watch me now. I love that. So I think you have a, a good dose of that in your soul. I can feel it. <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm building a business on that feeling really. Um, yeah. I built one. So Lisa, I have been observing that really strong warrior women who've gone through some tough stuff and have come out on the other end of it tend to travel in packs. So I'd love to know who are some other kind of warriors like you who would be great guests on the, this podcast and have a good story, perhaps women who've inspired you along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a friend, Robin Woodman, I would recommend talking to her and Jessica Goldman Fong, uh, my friend Paige, my friend Lindsay. I mean, I got countless women and they're all women that, that are just, yeah. I mean, I'm in awe of their strength. So. Well, let's, let's talk about, let's connect about them later. Cause I would love to invite yeah. them. To hang out with me. So the nugget here, the really essential nugget that I can't wait to ask you, Lisa, is what is a piece of advice or maybe two or maybe three that yeah. you would give to women who are in that caca right now? They're going through the crisis. How would you advise them to hang on and get to that other side? Yeah, um, I would say really do your best to not blame yourself. That's I feel like it's a, it's a tempting trap to fall into is to keep just piling on. So the best you can do, obviously, like reach out and get support, therapy, um, you know, do what you need to do to support yourself, whether that means medication, you know, therapy, acupuncture, exercise, like do all the things mm -hmm. um, and then start a self-compassion practice if you haven't already. So take those moments, um, learn to kind of dial back that inner critic and increase the volume of that inner coach, kind of just saying, talking to yourself like you would a friend. And again, it's a practice. It's not something, another thing to be like, I'm beating myself up about the fact that I'm still mean to myself. Like we all have those moments, you do it, but um, trying to let go of some self-blame. And um, yeah, I think especially overachieving women, they tend to take what I call 110% responsibility. So, you know, they go in and they're like, I'm going to just go ahead and like 
take all the blame. And you're like, no, actually, like you had a postpartum illness that you didn't. Sorry, Lisa, you didn't have control over that. There's things in your life you didn't have control over. So uh, recovering control freaks like myself. Anyway, we like to blame ourselves. Try not to do that. And then I would start a self-compassion ritual or practice. That is fantastic advice, in my humble opinion. Um, two things. First, I what I'm hearing is a relationship between control and blame. So wanting to have control and also being used to taking responsibility for stuff that isn't necessarily your responsibility at all, I think mm-hmm. that can come from a place of almost, you're saying, overachieving, like overcompetent women who are saying, well, if I take responsibility for this, then, then I can have some control and I can fix it. But if something is out of your control, you can't necessarily fix it. And that's so hard is like letting go of that control. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to ask you is quickly, do you have a favorite resource or two for what a self-compassion practice could look like that we could send listeners to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my Actually, I have a five-minute self-compassion meditation um, on my website that's um, a part of what I call like a five-day mindset reset. So it's five five-minute meditations. You do it for five days. Just, again, trying to have that new perspective, which can be really hard when you're in the middle of something tough. Um, so it's bite-sized, but I think it makes a big impact. So it's just at lisaabramson.com. Fantastic. Yep. And we're going to, we're going to say your website again in a second. Um, on a totally other topic, Lisa, if you could have any superpower, since we're all about being epic here and it has to be a superpower you don't already have, what would it be? Yeah, it's a good, I was thinking about this one at first I was going to say flying, but then I thought, you know what, I'd actually like to have a switch in my brain that went from like go getter mode to chill mode and be able to like activate that on call. Um, I'm working on it with my meditation practice, but I do not yet have that superpower and it would be awesome because there's times where I just want to be like, stop striving, just go into chill mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that would be the, the desired superpower of the day. When you come by that, I, I am in, I'm so in on that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's sort of like, almost like sounds like the opposite of watch me now. It's like, watch me now. I'm in, I'm going in. And then like the opposite is kind of like, Okay, chill mode. It's like, watch me do nothing. But. There you go. Awesome. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Would you please tell us just one more time where we can find you online? Yeah, lisaabramson.com. Yep, great. Lisa Abramson, spelled the way you think it is, .com. And this will also be in the show notes so everybody can see it written down. Um, and thank you again. This is Nikki Bruno with Lisa Abramson on the Epic Comeback podcast. For more information Thanks, on everyone. staging an epic comeback in your life after going through a life-shattering situation, please go to theepiccomeback.com. <laughs>